Thanks for listening to the Galilee Students Podcast. We exist to help students love God, love others, and serve all. We're going to pass some things around. We'd love for you to grab a paper and a pen. We've just been, during this series, we've been kind of doing this thing where we're just uh, following along with uh, some things that are on paper and kind of connecting the dots a little bit. Uh, I think it helps me, at least when I have uh, some notes in front of me, it helps me connect a little better. Um, so, man, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, we'd love for you to um, to to uh, lean in with us as we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, if you don't know what the fruit of the Spirit are, we're going to hopefully make it clear to you of what these are. Uh, here if, on this first slide is simply this. It just talks about all the fruits of the Spirit. So uh, if you go ahead to that next slide, Isaac, it's just simply this. Here are the fruit of the Spirit. These are things that God wants to grow in us. The fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace. Last week we talked about patience. Today we're going to kind of combine them because it is uh, one of those things where it works well together. Uh, It is patience, I'm sorry, it's kindness and goodness. And then we're going to end up in the next three weeks after this uh, talking about faithfulness and talking about gentleness and talking about self-control. And here's what these things are. These are things that God, this list right here, are things that God wants to grow in you. Like if we'll stay connected to the vine, and every week we talk about this, there's a little vine in your top corner of your notes there. Like it's just like we want to stay connected to that vine. And somewhere on that vine, if you want to, uh, if you are, you don't even have to be an artist really for this. If you want to draw uh, some fruit on there, like you want to draw uh, some, uh, if you want to draw some grapes on there, uh, whatever other fruit grows on a vine, I don't really know. Uh, it's just one of those things. Like that's, this, this is what will grow in us. Uh, it, fruit will grow in us if we stay connected to Jesus the vine. Like love will grow if we, if we lean in and we're connected to God. It's just what happens. And we find this in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15 is where we get this, uh, Jesus talks about this symbolism of, of the vine and the branches. It's where we get this. And I just want you to read, and this is something that when you go back, uh, if you have your... Um, phone with you or whatever. I don't have it on the screen here, but I'd love for you to turn over to John 15 on your phone or your Bible. And I just want to read through this real quick because I want you to point out something. He's going to repeat something. Jesus is going to repeat something over and over and over again. And that's why we're doing this series because he tells us to remain in him. Like here's what he says. Uh, I am the true vine. He says this in John chapter 15. I'm the true vine and my father's the gardener beautiful symbolism he gives us here things we can understand right we, we understand a vine and we understand crepes like we, we get that he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit like he wants fruit to happen is what jesus wants to happen while every branch that does not bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Here's the first time he says it in verse 4. He says these words, and you can write this up by your uh, vine somewhere. Remain in me. This is what he says. He's going to say this over and over again here in the next few, few verses. Now, you may have a different version. Uh, another word that is used here instead of remain in me is the word abide. Maybe you've heard that before. Like that's something you, you can write that down to. Uh, another version, the message that I like to read sometimes, it says live in me. All of them, if you look at them, they kind of mean the same thing. Like Jesus is saying, if you'll remain in me, like this is what will happen. He uses it for. No branch can bear fruit 
by itself. Like you can't muster up enough love and joy and peace in your own life. You can't be that kind of person. Like some people are wired that way, but it is going to go dead. Here, if we would stay connected, like these are the things. We have to stay connected to the vine. He must, he says it again here in verse 4, twice, remain in me. I have it underlined in my Bible. Neither can you bear fruit unless you, three times he says this in verse 4, remain in me. Five, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man, what, remains in me. Again, he is like over and over, this is the fifth time. And in him, I, he will bear much fruit. And apart from me, he can do nothing. If anyone does not, he says it sixth time. Verse six, remain in me, abide in me, live in me. He's like a branch thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Verse seven, seventh time. If you remain in me, he says again, and if my words remain in you, whatever you wish, it will be given to you. This is my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit. Showing yourselves to be my disciples, like this is proof. Like when you walk around in this love, joy, peace, patience, there's no doubt you're a disciple of Jesus. Like people get that. Verse 9, last verse we're going to read. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. I count eight times Jesus says this remain in me. Like he is telling us, hey, you've got to, Brian, you've got to stay connected to me if you're going to have this in your life. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I brought a drill in and kind of said, hey, we're not a, a corded, we're not a, a, a drill with a, with a, a battery on it, we're the corded drill. This week, uh, if you go ahead, uh, Nick, go ahead a couple slides ahead for me, Isaac. Uh, my uh, illustration this time is uh, the Cybertruck. Is this, uh, anybody seen the Cybertruck? Anybody know about this? This is something that uh, Mr. Elon Musk is putting together. This is an electric truck that someday people, can you imagine people driving this around? This is like something I thought would be in like 2050 or something like that, you know what I'm saying? But this is a truck that Elon Musk is designing. It's supposed to come out in a year or so, uh, and he, it's called the Cybertruck, and it's going to be an all-electric truck. Now, if you know anything about anything electric, what do you have to do to it? Yeah, you've got to charge it. And here, uh, I want you, if you, on your paper here, I have like the trucks up here in the corner, uh, then like the chargers down here, and I need you to draw like, uh, how does that truck look? Let me see here. It's kind of an easy truck to draw. I have a third wheel here in the middle, but that's okay. Um, I, I need you to connect this all the way down to, at the bottom of your paper, there's like a Tesla supercharger down here. Now, it's important that you charge it into the right charging port because here's what happens. If you were at home, uh, to, to plug this in at home, not a super Tesla charger. It takes 8 to 12 hours to charge up your truck through the night. If you go to a, a uh, Tesla supercharger, which you'll see these somewhere in different towns, if you plug it in here, if you plug it into the right thing, 15 minutes, it will charge and you can go 200 miles. It's all about what we're, we're plugged into. Where we're, same thing with this truck, same thing in our spiritual lives. If we are not plugged in to Jesus, if we are not remaining in him, we are never going to bear fruit. We are never going to have joy, peace, love, all those things. It's not going to happen. Uh, here's where we talk about uh, this. The Holy Spirit is you know, connected to the Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Jesus says, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave somebody with you that's going to guide you, and that would be the Holy Spirit. Now, where we get the Holy Spirit is go ahead to the next verse, and this is on your uh, paper. You can.
the blanks here, it's in your notes here, it says this, it, repent and be baptized. At baptism, we are promised this gift of the Holy Spirit. That, that God live in us and help us be peace and love and joy. All of those things. Repent and be baptized. Who? Every one of you. Like everybody should be leaning. Like what is baptism? Should I be baptized? Like it's pretty clear in scripture. We talked about it Wednesday that Jesus sets the example in baptism. Like it's something that we see all through the book of Acts. If you read when someone believes in Jesus, the next step they do in Acts, uh, a centurion comes to believe. A family comes to believe. Uh, Somebody else, you know, uh, a sorcerer actually comes to believe. One of the next thing they do is they are baptized. If you've never been baptized, I'd love to talk with you. Because there's two things that happen in baptism. Like our forgiveness, we're getting all of our sins washed away. A beautiful picture of those being washed away. And the second thing is this, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will produce these fruit in us if we'll remain in Him. So that's kind of where we get this. And this fruit is a gradual thing. It's a gradual thing. It's not just an overnight. Like I wish that I could tell you like all of a sudden you'll become love and you'll become patience. No, it's this thing that will grow in you as remain in him, this fruit's going to grow. Like it's going to multiply. Uh, it's going to get more and more if we will stay connected to the vine. Like it, the, the fruit is going to uh, continue uh, to grow and it's going to multiply if we'll remain in him. All right, so today, uh, we, you go ahead uh, to that next slide. Today we are talking about, and I said we're going to put these two together because uh, they pretty much go together. Uh, they're, they're Kindness and goodness is what we're going to talk about today. Kindness and goodness are where we're going, and they're so closely related. They're they're often used interchangeably, right? Uh, And they indicate this desire, like this active desire. These are two words that take, uh, you you can be just a kind person, but usually kind people, there's, there's action to it. And goodness, there's action to it. This is not just a, a sit back and do this, you know, nothing. It's, it's this kind of this, this thing that we do. A lot of times we think that kindness is this inner disposition, right? You know, she is just so kind. And there is a little bit of that, right? There's this inner disposition of some people that are just kind. And maybe it's, it's this inner disposition of just goodness. Like they're just good, like they're just a good person. But a, a person who's truly good and kind, it's not just an inner thing, right? It's something that goes out. And hopefully we're going to talk today that kindness is an, and goodness is this action. It's not just something you are. It's not just when somebody rattles you, you're kind. It's not just when somebody wrongs you, you're kind. That's sometimes how we think of kindness and goodness. It's just when, when something happens to me, I, that's how we react. No, this is how we react and we want to be active with our kindness and goodness. So here we're going to talk, and there's a, this, uh, it's one of these things, uh, the person who grows in kindness is, has expanded their thinking outside of themselves, right? It's not just them, it's others focused when we become this kindness and goodness that Jesus wants us to become. Uh, Jesus here in Acts chapter 10, verse 9, uh, yeah, Acts chapter 10, uh, verse 38, here is a, a verse about Jesus who, who Paul is reporting here, hey, this is who Jesus was, here's what they say about Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, you even give his hometown. Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good. Doing good. Not just he, he had this inner disposition of goodness and sinlessness. Like he went and he, he did all through the, the scriptures, like he was really, really, really active. 
So the question is this, do, do we resemble Jesus? Is there kindness and goodness growing in us? It's not just when people rattle us, when someone wrongs us, that we respond in kindness or goodness. It has to be this action of we are actively kind and we're actively good. That's the way Jesus lived. Stop for people, healed people, talk with people who no one else would talk to. Actively kind, actively good, not just when people uh, uh, react to us. Uh, so two, two main points I want to land on here. Uh, the first one is this. If you go to that next slide, we're just going to talk about it for a minute. That God is kind and good to everyone. Now sometimes that rubs us wrong because we're like, well, why is he kind to even the people who aren't kind to him? But this is God. This is not us. We don't respond the same way God does. Like he, God is kind and good to everyone. And we see this, that God, you know, he many times gets blamed for a lot of things, right? We say that God is not kind and not good because bad things happen. Like I hear, uh, like maybe, uh, for instance, it's, there's a family and um, they're coming home on a Saturday night and this family who loves God is struck by a drunk driver. And, and uh, a few people in the car, they, they die, and they were doing nothing wrong except going 55 on the side that they were supposed to go, doing, following all the rules, love Jesus, all these things. Here, here, here's the thing. Many times God gets blamed for that. But, but, but here's the thing. The evil person is the one who chose to break the law, who chose to drive drunk, and who drove across the line. God did not choose that. But many times God gets blamed for a lot of things. I think if you look in Scripture, you'd find that God is, is kind and he's, he's good. He's kind and he's good. Here we find in Acts chapter 14. In Acts chapter 14, we see, we see this, that he has shown kindness by, by simply giving you from heaven. And crops for their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. God does not just rain on the good people and the kind people. He says, no, everybody's going to get the same. I'm going to rain on and have growth in these seasons for everyone because I'm kind. If you read John 3.16, right? If you read John 3.16, it pretty clearly says... Uh, for God so loved what? I can't draw a world that well, but God so loved the world. He didn't say, I was just loving and good to the people who loved and were good to me. God so often gets blamed for stuff that is, is nowhere near him. And he, you would see this. I think if you'd see that his love is, and his kindness and his goodness is, is for the world, if they would accept that. Now, we know not everyone's going to accept that, but he still says, hey, it's for everybody. My, savior, my son dying on the cross is for everyone. Uh, if they would just accept that, like good things would happen. But I'm not going to make them because I'm kind and I'm good. I'm going to let them respond if they want to respond. And many times people don't. Jesus says this, even be kind and good to these people. Uh, Luke chapter 6 says this. This is one of the ones I really wish, like one of the verses I wish wasn't in the Bible, right? I've got to be kind and good to even my enemies. Jesus says we do. But love your enemies. Look at this. Not just love your enemies, actively do good to them. 
Even lend with, to them without expecting anything back. These are our enemies we're talking about. Then your reward will be great because you will be sons of the Most High because He is what? Kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. God is good to everyone. He loves the world. He is kind. He calls us to be the same as Him. And man, this is really, 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 really difficult. So difficult. Have you ever tried to be kind or good to someone who is not kind and good to you? That is crazy hard. If someone's a jerk to me, you know how I want to respond? I sometimes want to be a bigger jerk to them. God says, Brian, no, 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 no. What? Why would you do that? Why would you respond that way? You know what you need to do, Brian? You need to love them. You need to do good to them. You need to be kind to them like I've been to you. The question, I guess, is, is am I kind and good to everyone or just people who are kind and good to me? This is so tough to do, and the only way you're ever going to be able to do this is if you remain in it, and if the Holy Spirit's working in your life. Because if it's not, when someone's a jerk to you, you're just going to be a jerk to them. You're just going to be like the rest of the world who's only kind and good to the people who are only kind and good to us. You know, kindness is kind of this buzzword right now. Like, it's on t-shirts, right? Just be kind. We hear that all the time. It's this cool thing that our culture is kind of rallying around kindness, which is a good thing. Like, I'm, I'm for it. Last night, like, even in the, uh, uh, the corn maze we went to, like, in the middle of the corn maze uh, had, um, I don't even know if you saw what it said in the middle. Anybody know what it said in the middle of the corn maze? Cornundrum? I think that was a different one. That was a, a different one. In the middle of that one, it, it, last night, I had it written down here somewhere. Uh, I don't remember what it said. Something about do kindness or, or something like that, even in the middle of the uh, growing kindness. I'm sorry, here's what it said. I didn't bold that in my, my notes here. Growing kindness, it, like it's a, it's a buzzword. Like kindness is this thing that, that we are, are uh, rally around and we, we're, the, even our culture is rallying around. Uh, so next thing, the last, kind of the last big uh, one that you have a, a blank for there on your notes is this. Not only are we to be kind and good, you were created to be good. You were created to do good. God formed you. He made you with the beautiful blonde hair or the brown hair or uh, the, the dirty blonde, whatever color hair you have, red hair, whatever color hair you have today. He has created you and made you wonderful, and here's why he's done it. Ephesians 2.9 says this, uh, for we are God's workmanship. We're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why? Why are we created? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here's the thing. This is an amazing statement. Not only are we created by Jesus Christ, but we were born in the purpose of doing good works. That's why you've ever just done something good and like, I don't know, like you just did something out of character and you just you do good or you're kind and it just like after the fact you like feel this like, man, I'm, that was so awesome that I'm so glad I made that choice to be kind to this person. I'm so glad I, I forgave them. And you just get this, like a tingle, or like you just like, man, I'm so glad I chose that. Here's why, because that's the way we're supposed to be wired, to do good. To do good. We are made by God to do God's work. 
And here's what I believe. I believe this, that most Christians, as well as non-Christians, are starved for what we're talking about today. I believe our culture is starved for some people in their lives to be kind and to be good. You can't tell me there aren't people walking the halls of your school or walking your team on your team or live in your neighborhood or are in your lives, and you can't tell me that our culture is not just starved for some kindness and goodness. One of the most heartbreaking statements in the Bible is this in Psalms 42.4. It says this in Psalms 42.4. It's one of the saddest verses in the Bible. It's David's cry. Listen to, to, to his cry, and it's the cry of a lot of people in our culture. Nobody cares for me. Nobody gives a rip about me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares for my soul. Nobody sees me. Nobody realizes when I walk by. Nobody realizes when I'm not there. And here's the thing. Do you know anybody that possibly feels this way, that nobody cares for my soul? If so, you have an opportunity to do good and be kind and say, you know what, I just want you to know I care. I just want you to know I see you. I just want you to know I'm here. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, There's so many opportunities. True goodness and kindness is not only self-sacrificing, but it's something we can do, and we cannot grow weary doing this. There are so many verses in the Bible about kindness and goodness if we would remain in Jesus. Uh, This next slide, I I could go on and on, but I'm not going to go on and on because I know, I think a few more verses hopefully will hit the point of what we are supposed to do if we stay connected to the vine. Look at this. My bad. I just stepped on somebody during a sermon. I've never done that before. My bad, man. (laughs) That was not very kind or good, was it? I apologize. Look at Galatians 6 9. Some of you, this is where you're at right now. You're just tired of being kind and good to everybody because they're not being good to you back. You're just sick of it. You're tired of, uh, of everybody stepping on you. You're tired of everybody, you know. Here's what the Bible says, man. Don't become weary in that. Don't become weary in doing good. If you continue to read this verse, it says, hey, there's going to be a harvest if you just continue to be good, if you continue to be kind. Like, don't give up on it. People are seeing it. He says this in Proverbs 14, 21. He who despises his neighbor sins, but blessed is he, like if you want blessing, blessed is he who is kind to the needy. That's what we're doing with our fill the cart thing. We got one more Sunday to bring, or one couple more Wednesdays to bring some things in. We've already filled it once. We'd love for you to bring some more things in uh, that we'd love to give to the needy uh, November 7th. Uh, Ephesians 4, 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving one another just as Christ forgave you. 1 Thessalonians 5.15. Make sure. This is the way we like to live. Make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong. We'd love to do that. You wrong me. Here it comes. I'm going to wrong you. But always, like but, like instead of that, here's what you should do. Always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. And here's what I know. I know this morning this sounds impossible. And you're right. It is without connected to the divine. It's impossible to do unless you're connected to the vine. Last thing, and it's the biggest thing on your paper, uh, I want you to uh, look at this last, uh, fill in the blank on this last one. Here's what I believe. Kindness and goodness is an easy way to put the love of God on display. 
One of the easiest ways to show anyone that you believe in Jesus Christ, one of the easiest ways to show people who you believe in and who is your Savior and that you go to church, whatever you want to put with that, like one of the easiest ways to just simply show people that you love Jesus. The easiest way is to simply be kind and to be good, like to put these things on display. Last verse we're going to look at today, it's the golden rule. This hangs in, uh, it doesn't, they don't put the scripture, but it's in elementary schools. You'll see this verse in coffee shops who aren't even Christian coffee shops. Even believers, unbelievers, I'm sorry, even unbelievers believe this next verse. Uh, this next verse says this, so in everything, you've heard this, it's the golden rule. Do to others what you want to do to you. This is something you hear from parents all the times. Like I said, you see it on walls. uh, Even unbelievers want to live their lives this way. Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up all the law and the prophets. This sums up all of the Old Testament. Do to others what you'd have them do to you. Uh, On your paper there, I want you to, where it says do, I want you to circle do. Do going to say it twice. I want you to circle both of them. And I want you to, uh, at the very beginning, I want you to underline everything. So in everything, do to others what you'd have them do to you. And like we've been talking today, as I I close up here today, for some reason, for some reason, we think that kindness and goodness is a reactive response. Like when somebody wrongs us, that's how we respond. And and that's right. It is a, a reactive response. Kindness and goodness is some way, the way we should react. It should be reactive. But it should not be the only way we are kind and good. It also should be active. It should be active. It should be active and reactive. Kindness and goodness is active and reactive. It's the way we react when we're wrong. It's also the way we are active and we act whenever we can. We are kind and we are good. In closing, and uh, I know Blake's coming up here in a minute to do communion. Here's what you need to know more than anything else today. The kindest and the most good that has ever been done for, for you, for, for me, is what Jesus did in the See, it says in the Bible, in in Romans chapter 5, that even though we were still sinners and still mess-ups and still uh, really not right with God, he sent his son Jesus to die for us so we could be right with him. There's a lot of times I am not very kind and I'm not very good to God. I know what to do, I don't do it. I tell him, oh, I'm going to spend some more time with you, I don't do it. I could go on and on about many times when I'm not kind and I'm not good to God. But guess what he's done for me? He says, Brian, I don't care. I've sent my son to die for you. I'm going to be incredibly kind and good to you, even though you're not kind and good to me. I'm going to send my son, Jesus. The kindest thing 
and the, 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 the most good that's ever happened in your life is the cross. I could roll up tomorrow morning and put in your driveway a cyber truck, and you would think, man, that is so kind and so good. How in the world did this guy do this? No, that would not be the most kind and good thing in your life. What the most kind and, and the most good ever is what Jesus has done on the cross. It's not what any other person has done or who's been nice or who's been kind to you. It's the, the biggest and the most kindness and the most good we've ever been shown is Jesus on the cross. And he says, hey, Why don't you react and act with kindness? Because it'll put me on display to everybody. I'm going to pray, and Blake's going to come up and get us ready for uh, communion. Jesus, thank you for today. It's mind-blowing to me how kind and good you are. I definitely know I'm not God because I, I, I just couldn't respond that way. People beat you and put nails in your hand, called you all kinds of names, and you continue to go through with it. You continue to be so kind and so good by dying on the cross for our sins. God, would you help us to respond to people with your kindness and goodness so they'd see you on the cross. God, would you help us know that we are kind and good when we act and react with kindness and goodness. It shows people a picture of you on the cross and that's what we want them to see. God, we pray you'd help us do this. It's not easy, but you promise us that we'll bear much fruit if we'll remain in you. God, help us Help us, help us to remain in you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.